You're probably going to hate us, but we're conservative Christian moms. We're here to empower other conservative Christian moms to speak up, say what's true, and defend their children's futures. I'm Nikki River, and I'm the often too emotional mother of two. As always, I'm joined by Candy Rose. Hey, guys. And Amy Alexander. Hello. Last week, we dove into the problem of evil, asking if we have an all-powerful, all-loving God, why does evil exist? That conversation led us right to this question. Then why did God create the world if he knew we would fall? If God always knew we would fail, why did he create us like this? Why did he create us at all? We're joined once again by last week's guest, Jake. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me again. It's been a long time. If everyone is ready, pull up a chair. Let's discuss. Uh, If you guys will let me, I'll just to rehash what we talked about. I have a quote from C.S. Lewis that I meant to read last week, but did not. It says that my argument against God was that the universe seems so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. The idea essentially being that we understand evil because we have experienced good. They both need to exist for the other to exist. It's like, I, I, I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to be my too emotional self today, guys. Do because it. <laughs> do it. The, the problem of evil to me always lands here with the problem of suffering. And before we started talking, I was like, you guys, I want to set myself up as God and judge God because my my thing that is hard to believe in a good God is that there's child and sex trafficking, like children who are there's horrendous acts done to them day, you know, day in, day out. And yeah, I experience a little bit of pain, but normally I get to go back to joy. And it's hard for me to wrap my mind around a God that would allow that being good. And so that's, this is where I'm entering in the conversation today, all fired up, like, Lord, why? Why do you allow it? I I normally can't even spend time thinking about it because it, it makes me, it makes me angry and probably at the wrong person. I get angry at God. I am definitely a sponge in that way too, Nikki. There are a few images I've seen in my life that I will never forget. Like just images of kids bound up, things like that. They, they wreck me. (laughs) And I just have to, I'm one of those people who can't watch a lot of news and I can't be on Facebook too much. And I don't follow certain people on Instagram because like, I know I need to know truth, but also I just can't, I can't, I can't handle it. (laughs) But I think like, for instance, we were talking about the Garden of Eden last week. And I think a lot of people think of, for instance, this tree in the middle of the garden and God's like, you can have everything, (laughs) but not that. And he's like in the background, like, Let's see what happens when I tempt them, right? It's like it's like he set us up for failure. But that's not how the story's written. It's not what happened. And so we think of this sort of like he set up creation knowing we would fail, you know? Like I definitely have I don't know. It it's way. just a very <laughs> I grew up kind of thinking that. I think I didn't know at the top of my head, but looking back, I realized that's kind of how I perceived this situation. And that's just not the character of God. So we have to spend time washing ourselves with truth mm. and having this kind of conversation to sort of reset our our thinking about this, which is hard. That is hard. I was going to say to Nikki, I and anybody, I was just having a conversation with someone the other day who's gone through childhood trauma. And I know everybody has to a varying degree. Anyway, she's right now struggling with being angry with God. And I just encouraged her. I was like, that's okay. <laughs> he can handle your anger. And 
along the lines of what Amy is saying, um, yeah, I just think the closer we get to God, the more we understand his nature and being a good, good father. And yeah, he's not ever taunting us or trying to be cruel to us. The further away we are from him, the more we might perceive things as mean or cruel. But the closer we are to him, we can understand that there's a lot we don't understand, but also that his heart for us is always good. So I I hope that helps. I I I mean, dealing with all the things Nikki mentioned, because obviously they're horrible to look at, and they're truth, they're real, they're there. I think like the misconception is that we know the price for sin is death, like it comes with a price. I think the misconception is that we all assume my sin equals my death. Mm. Sin comes with an exponential price and is corrupting and consuming. I mean, think about after the Garden of Eden, the next big sin we read about is Cain and Abel. Cain's the one who sinned, but who paid the price? Abel's the one that died. When you sin, all the people around you, and some people you may not even meet, pay the price for your sin. Same with childhood trauma. The parents were the ones sinning, but the child had to pay the price. And so the world's not fair. It isn't fair. It never will be. It's not the world we live in. God gave us choice, and through our choice, we've created an evil world. I know that's not like the easy to fun answer, like, but actually... It's a dark place because we created it that way and sin's not fair. It, it's sin's fault. And, you know, I know Amy has the the person to blame for it all. <laughs> <laughs> that is super good, Jake. It is. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about, like, for instance, let's assume that, in fact, God had always planned to give us the knowledge of good and evil, but not yet. And we reached out and we took it. He knew the consequences of understanding good and evil before we were ready for it. He knew the consequences and he didn't want that for us. But could we, could he create us without that knowledge? That's a, that's another question I've really never asked myself. When he created us, could we be people without that knowledge? Probably not. We probably could not be fully who we were created to be until we understood and had the knowledge of good and evil. Otherwise, we are sort of just zombies, right? Like, they didn't even freaking know they were naked. I know, right? You guys are dropping, like, so much. Like, it's so crazy. Like I said, God shows you things a little at a time as you're ready for it. Jake and Amy, both of you guys made me think of, because we were talking about being married in the last episode. So if God did intend for us to have this knowledge all along, but we needed more relationship with him in the garden before maybe we were prepared for it, maybe if that had been the case, we wouldn't be so hurt by it. It's kind of like, let's say back to our episode, why you shouldn't have sex before marriage. You know, if you are in relationship with each other and you did things the right way, your marriage is strong, your marriage is good, your marriage is pure. Let's say you dive in a little bit too quickly and you have that knowledge you weren't supposed to have ahead of time. Then your relationship can be really hard, right? You have trust issues. Well, my husband couldn't wait. So is he cheating on and on that kind of stuff. And so, I don't know, for me, all of a sudden, I'm having a vision of like, oh, yeah, we probably would have had this knowledge, but we would have had a deeper understanding of God's heart in in it. You know, like we were walking face to face in the cool of day. Everything was wonderful. Everything was beautiful. And in context of relationship, it makes sense. But outside, like Candace was saying, if we don't know God's heart, it's really easy to question it. Like, oh my gosh, this horrible stuff's happening and it's God's fault. I tend to fall in that. Even when I'm reading the Bible, except for now, God's slowly showing me the truth. 
like you brought up Cain and Abel. When I first read that story as a young kid, I remember being mad at God reading that story. Well, why was one's gift acceptable? And why was the the other one? Like, why, God, why were you playing favorites? And why, you know, why didn't you just love them both? And then later you learn it's the condition of their heart, right? One's not actually bringing a pleasing gift. Um, It's not that God was playing favorites. He just knew their hearts and he still loved them both. Um, Anyway, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I just had like such a light bulb moment as you guys Mm -hmm. were all talking Mm -hmm. about things. Uh, yeah. Nikki, it's such a hard question because like I, I see both sides. I love all the good information that we're sharing, but it's still like your heart cries to see the evil, the bad. Like Jake is saying, it's consequences to our evil because it affects everybody, but it's still hard to see. It's hard to acknowledge. And knowing that God is so great, he could at the snap of a finger save anybody. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like we chose to be sinners and bring evil into the world, but we want you to fix it anyways. Like we brought this on ourselves, mm, but God fix it. And it's kind of like, well, no, you have to sit in your consequences. Like you have to deal with the consequences of the choices you've made. And it's not always fair because yeah, kids, I hate, I hate I the know. children stuff. And they didn't choose this. Someone else chose that for them. You know, it's someone else. They're getting a consequence from somebody else's choice. But in the big scheme of like the whole world, it's all our consequences, right? Like all our sin that is created. Let's talk about it then. Like, okay, what about those kids? What if they don't have justice on this side? What? Like, I don't know. I feel like justice on this side is a human thing. God doesn't always give us justice on this side. You'll have justice on the other side. And that's what matters. That's eternity. This at like most is 80, 90 years. So that's eternity. You'll have justice in eternity. I know that's e- yeah. like that. All this stuff is easier said than like applied. Applied. Yeah. And but I just know you, that it's truth. And I can see why someone who's not a believer wouldn't be okay with that. Uh, you know, like, well, where's the just, uh, but like you read in the beginning, Jake, where did we even get that idea? Like, where did we even begin to believe that it's, it's wrong. I don't know. These well, things even, are huge. Even the story of Cain and Abel, I was always bothered by that story. I always was like, what the heck, God? <laughs> like, how come you just like, what the heck? But there's there's another perspective of that, which is maybe God always intended to give the blessing to both of them. Mm. Maybe he hadn't shined his face yet on them both, but it was always going to. They were both actually acceptable, perfectly fine offerings. They were They were coming from different places one of them was coming from you know he was out in the field with animals the other one was in a field with food they brought the offerings they brought from the the earth they were working they were both good offerings but only one of them the firstborn who thought he should have been looked on first oh. got mad and angry and took what was not his oh, I which like was god's blessing which god was always going to give him he just wasn't okay with the timing of it So the other thing we have to remember is that sin is not bad things. Sin is missing the mark. That's what sin means in the Bible. Sin doesn't mean you do bad things all the time. Sin is missing the mark. And so, I don't know, for me, that's irrelevant somehow, because it's like when we think about how, when we think about Jake's example, that these things multiply, it's not just the bad acts that multiply. It's the missing the mark. It's like all the things we do that just aren't perfectly just, even when we're trying to do it right. It's all the ways we miss the mark. 
That's sin. It's so pervasive. And all those times we miss the mark, even in an attempt to do it perfectly, right? We can't be perfect. All those times create ripple effects that eventually create deep evil. I want to read because we keep talking about it and it feels so applicable to what you're saying, Amy. Genesis chapter four, verse six and seven. God asks Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. If you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. I just think that goes exactly to what you're saying. Like sin is, is controlling. It's all, you know, and it only takes a small thing. Cain got angry when he didn't do what was right in the first place. The reason Abel's sacrifice was accepted was because he offered the very best of what he had and Cain just offered something. And God's like, why are you angry? Why are you upset? Do it right and I'll accept it. And if you don't do it right, like be, watch out. Sin is ready to control you. Candace, you know what's crazy about what you just said? God will not control us. He's given us free will. And when we walk with him, we're in relationship with us. And when we don't, sin literally controls us. So it's just... Like yep. we're stuck in evil because we choose not to walk with what's good. So I don't know. That's kind of crazy. We yes. choose to be controlled. That is. That makes me think of that makes me think of Jesus. You know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. He's not someone who like puts on this heavy burden of control. <laughs> well, and he never puts it on us. He says, come to me because, you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He's saying, like, if you let me, I will yoke myself to you. And I loved you're, I can't remember how long ago when um, one of the pastors at our church preached on it and they were saying, we don't know anything about farming. Who here in this world, day and age farms? But th when you were teaching like a very young calf to get used to the yoke, you would saddle it with like a much bigger calf. So really, or not calf, but cow, oxen, whatever. And they were carrying the full load like that big one was. So Jesus is actually carrying everything. You're just walking beside him, like pretending like you're carrying something. <laughs> He actually wants to carry everything if you will just come and walk beside him. I feel like, though, going back to especially the paying for other people's sins, he will carry it. He doesn't always do it on our time, though, because mm. a lot of times we expect it immediately. Like, I'm going to go pray right now. And I expect it when I'm done with that prayer to be free and saved. And sometimes that happens. And that's amazing. And that's a great miracle. But sometimes that's not his plan. It all happens with his timing. So you got to be faithful and keep coming to him. And he will, it will happen at some point whenever it's, it's his time. Right. And it, it's like that eternal mindset, like you were saying, Jake, because like you're all saying, God's timing is so different than ours. Sometimes the blessing isn't like, look at Moses. Moses didn't get to enter the promised land, but the promise affected a thousand generations. Or even, it, or was it in Exodus that we were reading with um, the Bible recap where they were like, the, Moses is taking too long. <laughs> on the mountain. Um, yeah. But then God was like, this was just a little bit of time. This was nothing. <laughs> so it's just interesting. It seems what I'm hearing you guys say is time that and from the beginning of time, we were like, maybe that's our big difference in with God that we're like, now we want it. We're just like little babies. And he's just like, there's a long game. But we keep trying to take it. I don't know. Interesting. I say, you just made me think, too. I didn't even realize because I always said like sin is, you know, covers generations and spreads out. So does God's blessings. When mm -hmm. we seek them, like you said with Moses, he may not get it the way he expected it. But because he 
stuck with the promise and did what was expected of him, generations and multiple people got to, you know, experience that blessing. So it works the other way too. If we follow God, people can, you know, be blessed from us through, I mean, from him through us, I guess. Yeah. How how do we not, like with me in my flesh constantly, how do we not get frustrated by that? Or how do we not be angry by that? Like, you know, you do, I mean... I don't know. I'm a very emotional person and and I'm always like railing at God. Amy gave us journals. My journal's full of like, when Lord, (laughs) like, like these, this Bible journaling and like when this and when that, and then to think it might not be in my generation. That is a little devastating because all we know is the here and now. And it's hard. It's yeah. In my head, I could be like, and I could say, say with my mouth and believe in my head yay, one day we'll all be singing hosannas and holies. But what do you say to the people that are like, okay, that's nice. What about now? <laughs> I can't speak to all of them, but what might help with you, especially as parents, is think about your kids. Like if, if you had to do something that said, you're going to not live your dream, but your kids will have theirs. Wouldn't you do that without skipping a heartbeat? Like, yeah, of course. For sure. I feel like that's a good analogy to help you is if you're like, it, it's not going to happen now. Hopefully my kids will have it. Like I'll do it for them. And if not for them, then for their kids and et cetera. It's so good. I think, uh, Nikki, I love that you're angry about the suffering. <laughs> I think it's a, it's such a it's such a God's justice moment. Like it's it's the heart of an atheist, for instance, the part of them that was made in God's image to be to that loves justice that gets so angry. <laughs> and that's an important feeling. And I don't think you're wrong to be angry. Yeah. Mm. But. I just think that we as Christians and as non-Christians, I think we as Christians slough this conversation off. We're like, I don't know. Let's talk about something else. Because it's uncomfortable. And I think non-Christians, it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. I think non-Christians are just pissed off. You know, they're like, this is not fair. But on either side, we're angry at the wrong person. Mm. We're so angry at God. But God isn't the reason. Yes, he created the world so that feels like he's the reason. But he's not the one who deceived. Mm. And he's not the one. There's an amazing video I'm going to link. It's also from Tim Mackey, who I've mentioned a couple times throughout this conversation. He is one of the scholars of the Bible Project. And he has this whole, it's a very short, actually, little talk about Job. And we look at Job and we think, oh, Job addresses the problem of suffering. Well, yes and no. But what I didn't really understand about Job is that Job is this moment. It's a Christ moment. It's a moment when Job had to experience suffering on behalf of his friends. It's a moment when Job had to say to God, I'm still yours and I, you're still my king. And I'm going to take on this suffering on behalf of all these unbelievers. And then God blesses him. Job's never angry at God, right? Like he's not like, God, you did this to me. We need to be angry at the right person. Mm. And even... Uh, Tim Mackey, I'm doing a terrible job at this. You should just watch the video. But Tim Mackey does a great job. And he also talks about Jesus. And he's like, Jesus is angry more than once when he encounters people that need to be healed or that are possessed. He's not angry at them. He's not mad at the woman who was sick for like ever. But he gets mad. Why is he mad? He's mad at the serpent. (laughs) He's mad at the deceiver. He's mad at the one who's crouching in the corner. He's mad at the one that is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And so the justice needs to somehow, for all of us, needs to get like pointed in that direction. (laughs) You know, like we need to find a way to just be super pissed off at the whole reason 
that kids are in cages in sex trafficking because it's not God, right? But it does feel, I think, like he's the cause or the source or the originator somehow. I, I love the video you sent. I watched I had to watch it a couple times because it was it's this whole topic is so deep, but very deep. Yeah. It's just this whole idea again that we can't know goodness without the suffering and that idea that Job was not a pre-Christ, but like I don't know. He was it, living out that story yeah. of like taking on other people's sins and suffering on behalf of others. Yeah. It was a little bit eye-opening for me. And even knowing Christ and his sufferings and even like how he was tempted and all the things, he literally bore it for us so that we we don't have to. And maybe that's the answer in the end for me, just trusting that God's taking care of it and it might not be in my time or on this side of heaven, but he is holding it all together. And I love that you guys reminded me that he's, or Amy, I think you said it, that God wants justice. And that's a part of me that's after his heart. Cause that's, I think I need to remind myself that he is just, but if I am demanding justice of them, then I deserve justice now too. So it, it has to be in, in his timing. Yeah. I don't know. It's like holding it all very softly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's all intention. So much of, I feel like what we learn is intention and that is hard. But if you look at the old Testament, like that's God's justice kind of coming out, right? And a lot of people talk about how horrible the Old Testament is. It's full of murder and all this stuff. And you're like, well, if God carried that justice past Jesus, like how many people groups would he have wiped out? I don't know. (laughs) You know, like that wouldn't make us happy either. No. No. (laughs) So I do think there's this moment of humility too. It's like, okay, we know God is just God and we know he gave us just like righteous anger, but we also have to trust that he knows what he's up to, which is hard. It is hard. And I, um, Nikki has brought up several times the kids, all the children. I know. I'm sorry. That's the part. No, no, it's hard. But there's, I was just going to point out there's, there's other suffering. There's cancer. There's people dying of diseases and it's all hard for different reasons. And I think we've kind of touched on a lot of it, but I, just to be a little extra, I don't know, pushy or I don't know. I, this this is a hard truth, I think. Um, suffering, God allows suffering. I think this goes hand in hand with Job. That's why I'm thinking of it. it. He sometimes allows the suffering, not that he creates it or promotes it, but he allows it. And oftentimes, oftentimes he allows the suffering because it it draws us closer to him. It allows like good comes out of it. So I was there's a lot of scripture on on suffering, and I just looked up one that I wanted to read. It's Psalm 119, verse 71, and it says, My suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. Mm. And I know, you know, God says he, he's near the brokenhearted in the New Testament. I just think there is some beauty, and I hate to say that because it sounds nasty, and horrible, like for the Christian mom who loves the Lord and she's dying of cancer on her bed, it's not a it's not a beautiful thought. It's not a, a light and happy thought. There's real suffering and it's horrible and it's awful. But there is some sort of small beauty and glory to it because he's so, so close. I know when my mom lost her one and only baby, it was one of the closest times she would say she's felt God to her. And when I've mm-hmm. been in some of my hardest times when I was a single mom, it was 
when you are at your lowest is when you feel him so tangibly and not because it's something I've done, but because he's promised to be near us when we're low and when we're sad and when we're having difficulties in this world. So I know it's a different perspective, maybe hard to swallow, but that's interesting. Candace. I was actually just talking to someone, not just a while back. I was talking to a friend who had cancer and she said that she would she would almost rather just go have cancer again. Mm. Like she really would honestly just have cancer again because it was the closest she's ever felt to Jesus. And it was the most evangelism she ever did because people would come up to her all the time when she had a bald head and start pouring out their hearts to her. And she got to evangelize to all these people. And it was, she said, it was an amazing season in my life. Like I would absolutely go have cancer again. And I I had never heard someone talk that way before. That's an awesome Because we all know cancer is the worst. Right. And I mean, here's the thing. People survive cancer, but plenty of people die from it. I know just a couple of years ago, a good friend of my mom who was younger than her, who had three kids still at home, like she died. She had cancer. She went into remission and then she got it again and she died. And how do you say in the middle of that, like, God is good because this woman who loved God, feared God, had a beautiful family, she died. I mean, there's there's a lot of sadness and it's not always a happy ending. But it's, Amy, it's really encouraging to hear that, that someone who went through, from what I understand, is a very hard journey. I've never fought cancer. To be able to see it in that light, that's that's touching. I say with everything we've touched on like that, I mean, it's easier said than done, but like it is that we hold on to the promises of God that everything we have here in this life, including the life itself, is just temporary and it isn't important, as weird as that sounds. I mean, it is, imp- mm. it's not the end goal. It's not the thing that, like that we're seeking and that still God can turn the price of sin, the things we're paying for into his glory. Like you said, the woman with cancer that was still evangelizing, like she was in a place where most people are like, I'm paying a price for some sort of sin. I'm just paying a price for just the sin of humanity in general. I could just Mm -hmm. sit here and accept it, but she still was able to bless others to give out God's blessing, even in that place of suffering. And that as bad as it sounds, ultimately, we hang on to the final promise. Even if you do die, you get to go be with God forever. You get to enjoy the the gift. Even if at that moment you're not going to be with your family, they'll be there eventually too, hopefully. Like, you, you, you turn, the sin can still be turned into good by God. Mm, that's good. And as hard as it sounds, sometimes the things that we're losing here, as horrible as you may see people either experience stuff yourself or horrible as sights you may see be seeing, they're just temporary. And you, as as hard again, you just gotta let them go. I know that's yeah. way easier no. said than done. Like that's not something that we all can just do. No, it, I I think everything you guys are saying is really good. And the reason I keep bringing the kids up, I think, is because. There seems to be like maybe they're not. I don't know. That's a different conversation for a different day. Like whether you believe they're innocent or not, or what the age of whatever is, or but it just seems like they're um, innocent. Yeah, they're innocent, and then they're like trapped. It kind of like reminds me of that the book, The Shack. Like when that little girl. I mean, she doesn't have a good ending, but I guess it had a purpose to show her dad. Holy Spirit and his heart for her. Well, and I would argue for anyone who's read that book. Oh, it's such a good book. One of my favorites. God did not. He didn't cause her plan. Right. It's not his plan and his purpose for people to be raped and killed and all these things. But he took that awful, awful thing and he used it to his good purpose. That doesn't mean that he wanted the bad thing to happen, but he can take the horrible 
and turn it for his good, which sometimes feels yucky. I don't know. It's, it's so funny because I remember when that came out. I remember Candace, you, you loved it so much. And I remember for <laughs> me, I was so triggered. Like, for, I know that movie triggered or book and movie triggered so many people. And I'm, I don't know if it's just my own trauma or my own stuff. And, and maybe it's still what God is still going to keep working out in me because it's a relationship and we got to keep working it out. But I still just have that question of like, are you there in those places, Lord, and where those people aren't rescued? And those, that's still just such a hard thing for me to grapple with. I am really blessed. And I think we talked about it in like the depression episode. Like, yeah, when I was really depressed, I was closest to the Lord, right? You know, you that is where God has you. But I, I still am setting myself up a little bit as judge, I guess. And I, I need to learn how to turn that not towards God. Like it just, I guess I just know he can rescue. And I'm like, why don't we rescue? As a mom, it's so hard to have kids and then know. I don't, it's just such a, I, that's why I don't think about it too much because I'm just like, it, it hurts my walk because I'm like, my Lord. And I just remember that he ultimately does rescue. It just may not be the time you would like him to rescue now. We all would, but yeah. he will rescue. And those, you know, that are first on earth will be last in heaven. And those that are last oh, on earth will be first in Jake. heaven. So the people that mm-hmm. are suffer, maybe their entire life from birth till death is just horrible suffering. They're going to have a great time in the afterlife. When they finally oh, get to heaven, it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that's really good. Also, in those places, we think of these people in, you know, these dark corners of, of rooms, terrified. And we think, where's God? But then you're like, well, where's Satan? Mm. Right? It's like, okay, in that room, God is the one whispering hope and life and joy and peace. He's the sun peeping in through the window, you know? And Satan is the one who's there to kill, steal, and destroy. It's not God. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, like, in those places, who is the who and who's doing what, you know? And we have to remember what's right and true and not not twist ourselves into thinking that God's doing something. Yeah. Or not there or, you know what I mean? I don't know. But it's hard. I mean, I get it, Nikki, but it's... It's hard. I was going to say... you're angry at the right person. Yeah. And what Jake keeps saying I like is we have to keep remembering the end. And that's hard, right? Because we're so physical. <laughs> it's hard to think past mm. today or next week, much less to think to eternity. But he, I think it's just a good reminder, like, we have to. Especially as Christians, we have to remember the end game. That eternity is forever. And what feels like forever right now is actually such a small, small moment in time. Yeah, and maybe this all just served to help me grapple with it, to be angry at the right person. But I also have that strong sense of justice. And I know that non-believers, this is the sticking point. So I, I just find yeah. it interesting that I'm a believer, but this is a little bit like a sticking point for me too. So I just pray that God help the, that in me serve a purpose, that maybe I can talk to people about it. I don't know. It's just uh, I I pray that God would shine his truth on anyone wrestling with that, whether you're a believer or not, and that 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 would drive unbelievers closer to him and that this would drive me closer, anyone struggling the same way I struggle, closer to him in relationship to you. He, he's the only one with the answer, right? So who who do you have to go to for, for comfort in God? I would say in response, I have like two responses. One, for you as a believer, 
is remember that you can still also be, you're a part of God's body. You can be the hand of God. And maybe you can't save all of the people that are out there in the world, but you can always affect the people that are around you and make their lives better and help them and bless them. And to someone who's a non-believer and using this as a sticking point, the evil's there. People are suffering. And so you have two options. Either the world's just evil and nothing's fair and everyone's going to suffer anyways, or there's our just God Mm. who will have justice at his time. So it's up to you really to choose if you're Mm. going to just accept a horrible, evil place or that there is a God that's going to fix it, going to do the right thing, just maybe not when you want him to. Hmm. Jake, in your in the class and the discussions with that, where did the atheist land on this problem of evil? I mean, Today. ultimately, we. Uh, I mean, no one was like a hundred percent consensus, but the idea was that evil's required for good. Mm, for us to experience any pleasure in the world, there has to be evil, hmm. and that we were kind of on the sticking point of. The like ultimate evil of people being sex trafficked and raped and killed and all that. And we're like, is that necessary? We, uh, I mean, it was all just a big debate. One of the debating points was that maybe this is the least evil world possible because we thought about it and we were like, if God does act proactively and stop someone from doing evil, then that act of his will appear Evil. evil. Say, for instance, someone was on their way to go kill someone and he smites them right there. We didn't know he was going to kill because it never happened. We just go, God just smited some random dude. Oh, that's like, like it would look evil to us, yeah. even though he essentially saved someone. So like we were like, maybe this is the best possible world. Wow. And that he's essentially allowing the bare minimum of evil for it all to work. But that was also just hypothetical. That, that reminds me of a movie, Jake. Do you remember? I can't remember what it's called. It's like, is it? Oh, it's like a, mo- a futuristic movie where they can tell that you're going to commit a crime. And the so they punish report. you. The minority report. That is so interesting. But I mean, so from there, you're speaking of God. Did they acknowledge a God then? Or they just acknowledge that evil has to exist for us to understand good? For the sake of the argument, they acknowledge God. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> just to like, just, well, we always were like, in this argument, we're going to pretend there is a God, let's discuss. Or in this okay. argument, we're going to pretend there's not a God, let's discuss. And for that one, we're like, let's pretend there is a God who is just and good, let's discuss. Interesting. Because if they really didn't believe, they would have to prove the point that a just that God a- couldn't exist in this world. And they couldn't. Wow. Wow. So inherently, this topic points to a God. So it's a, it's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I was going to say, if you think about it, all things point to God. You just have to be smart enough or not even smart enough. You just have to look for it. Eyes to see. Lord, open everyone's eyes and ears right now. (laughs) I just heard an amazing um, quote from someone. Oh, you know, I think it was on the She Reads Truth podcast. One of the singers at Maverick City was saying that sometimes we have to remove our expectations of how we thought God would move. Wow. In order to see how he's already moving. And that like that convicted me so hardcore about a bunch of stuff in my life. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But she was talking specifically about, you know, when Jesus came and like they thought he was going to come as like this warrior king is like going to come in and save them all. And they'd been waiting hundreds of years for it. And they had a whole history of like waiting for their Messiah. And then here he comes not as the king that's going to like remove Roman oppression he dies, comes again, and then ascends. He's like, I'm coming back, I promise. <laughs> and here are all these apostles that are like, so 
That like, is what about so Rome? Good, Amy. Or, or <laughs> like even uh, like. So we're ma- still just going to live here under Roman oppression, or? <laughs> it's also that reminds me of the story of Lazarus, right? They expected him. They believed him enough to heal. They're like, "Why didn't you come back? Why weren't you here? Didn't you care? Why didn't yeah. you heal? Heal our? Bre- you you could have healed him, and then, and then he did. <laughs> yeah. It's like going to the yeah, yeah the Roman example. He did. I mean. Look, today, the Roman Empire doesn't exist. It's just a city mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. Catholic Church, which was, you know, originally from Peter, but all the church, really, the church does exist worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, at the end, he did win. He did do what he said he was going to do. He just didn't do it on our time. He didn't do it wow. on the apostles' time. Time. Hmm. This is so good, you guys. So much. <laughs> yeah. So many epiphanies. <laughs> I don't want to dive into it because I think we're wrapped up, but I do want to point out for anyone who is experiencing their own suffering, like they're going through cancer or something that is is deeply hard for you. There's an amazing author called um, Catherine Wolf. I've brought her up maybe in the past. Catherine Wolf has a saying that she gives her kids. You were created to do the hard things in the good story God is writing of your life. That's good. She's a woman who uh, had, I think she went to a car accident or she had a stroke. A stroke. I'm not sure which. A stroke. A stroke. Thank you, mm-hmm. Nikki. At a really young age. She had like a one-year-old son or a nine-month-old son, something like that. And her entire body went paralyzed. And she had to watch her child grow up in the hands of other people because she couldn't move or hold her son. But she has all these books about good heart and how her deepest joy has come from her deepest suffering. Mm. So I will link that. I just I encourage you guys to like dive into that because we didn't talk a lot about that kind of suffering. Yeah. And it's linked with joy. But it is a very real part of this conversation. And... And it's something that she's taught me a lot about. So, yeah. And I know I always say this, but make sure you have good Christian people in your life. So when you are sad or down, people can say, hey, let me redirect you and make sure you're growing closer to God. We talked about this in last week's. But, you know, the closer you are with him, the more you're going to see and understand his goodness in the hard places. So 100% surround yourself with good people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Surround yourself with Jesus (laughs) and be in the word. He'll reveal it little by little in his good timing. And remember that he will ultimately win, even if it's not. Yes, Jake. Oh, it's so good. That was such good reminders. Nikki, I have loved your um, like righteous anger. I really have. Thanks, yeah. It's a super important part of the conversation. And I think if none of us had brought that, this would have gone very differently. So yeah. I just yeah. want you to know. It I don't see it as a weakness. Of, I hope no, you don't No, I think it's great. And <laughs> I do think saying it's that, yeah, righteous. I, I do feel, I don't know. I, but you two are my iron sharpening iron because I often go to those places and you guys often point me back to Jesus. So. For real, get yourself some good friends, stay in the word, and you're going to love us. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to hate no, us. You're gonna, I don't think they're going to hate us. There's no way you can hate us, but you're going to hate us, but You're going to love us. You're going to hate Satan. Yes, Jake. <laughs> Boom. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake, for being here. It was awesome. Thanks.